whilst we're telling stories. My name's James Cooper. That was Freddie Wilson from Ireland. He's been going through our Best of British series on telling stories recently. And I have another telling story to show you today, featuring a man who doesn't get much written about him, and perhaps you'll see why I don't This is the story of Billy Owls, as I should say. A wrestler from Bristol who was a bit different and had an incredible reputation in the 1960s. And I think Billy Howes is the best of British. Empire, mid-heavyweight champion. He was a man not to be messed with on any level. And he was a popular draw in the United Kingdom, especially in his own town areas, but also in the North. So this is a story about Billy Howes and a few other greats of the past. It's called Old School Myths Die Hard. There are some wrestlers that gather an aura about them, specifically those who were uncharted by TV coverage. Some have fascinated me in the same way that the ancient legends of the Norse has fascinated generations. A lot of those names come from the childhood stories of my father, a wrestling fan for over 50 years. My dad went to the wrestling all over North Lincolnshire and South Yorkshire and watched many of the joint era greats in person. The key figure from my childhood tales was Billy Howes. It's a name that rings out darkly from my father's pronunciation. In the 1960s, he was my father's favourite wrestler, a Bristol native who in his retirement ran a chain of his own supermarkets. My dad explained that Billy was an old school hard case. His persona was that of a tough man who wouldn't stand on ceremony and had a short fuse. He watched him wrestle fellow hard man Les Keller in Scunthorpe one night, whilst came to the ring covered in plasters, cuts and abrasions from a previous match, or possibly some form of rash from his pig farm. Who can tell? Either way, Billy was not happy and refused to go on unless Les got rid of the blasters. Les refused, and the game became about removing them by force, which Billy achieved placing his boot on Les's face and spinning his foot on it, whilst Les was prone on a bare concrete floor, thus forcing a hard way bloodbath. He told of another story from a family friend that while facing a South African wrestler who had been giving a referees a hard time with his rule-breaking ways, Billy had seriously lost his temper. By the end of round three, Mr. Howes had launched the unfortunate Springbok into the third row. The referee landed a little further away. Apparently it took 20 minutes to get Billy to calm down to a conversational level. This was achieved by a lot of the boys coming out of the back and talking him down from a very great distance. However, my favourite story was of his highest profile match. By 1971, Billy was in big demand as a headliner, as was Kendo Nagasaki. The pair of them had built reputations based on toughness and violence in house shows up and down the country. So it's quite surprising that in a viewer-conscious world of the Saturday afternoon wrestling on ITV, Joint promotions were considered putting them on TV at all, never mind together. As one commentator put it, joint promotions booked the match and crossed their fingers that nothing bad would happen. The fact my dad could remember the match as clear as day 43 years later will probably tell you how well it went. Kendo was portrayed as pretty much unbeatable at the time, at least in the house shows, and as the previous stories would indicate, Billy wasn't one to take things lying down. The result was interesting. It was a massacre. Billy spent most of the match trying to remove Kendo's mask by the eye holes. The mask began to cut into Kendo's nose as Billy sawed it back and forth, and in the end Kendo ran off dripping blood from his face demanding to be disqualified. They got people talking for sure. There was hundreds of complaints and Joint didn't risk the two on TV together again. As I've read through several articles and forum posts on Billy, this match has grown in legend. One man described the match as one of the few cases in British rings where the face left the matches of the heel and vice versa. This is an interesting point as my dad always described him as a face. This is an interesting point as my dad always described him as a face. However, reading around, he seemed to have lead a double life as a heel in the north of England and a face in the south, his home territory. As I can only really recognise the man by shadows and fragments, 
He has been a constant fascination to me. Sadly, I cannot confirm any of these stories. Not even the kendo one, because videotaping those era's matches didn't really happen. It was far too expensive. I have begun to realise, though, that it wasn't really characters that interest me as much as the myth-building itself. Not that I wouldn't love to find a Billy Howes match. There doesn't appear to be any of them on the net anywhere. If you do know of one, let me know. Another wrestler whose life lives on by fearsome reputation is Bert Azzarati. An athletic strongman of the 1950s, he wrestled anywhere he damn well pleased for five years. A graduate of the Snake Pit, his pure shooting ability, size and endurance put him high on the bill as an attraction and gained him a political reputation as a renegade. Not a true TV hero, certainly his matches are hard to find as well. The apophrical nature of his career makes for great reading. Joe Cornelius summed it up in his book, The Thumbs Up Boy. Trying to get work anywhere he could, Joe would answer the phone and be asked to go to anywhere from Darlington to Timbuktu by a promoter. Needing the work, Joe would duly answer the call. A light heavyweight, Joe had built his reputation as a hard worker. And largely, he thought, he'd done enough to gain the notoriety of a seasoned pro. He had, but not in the way he envisioned. Whenever he got off the plane, sooner or later, he would be met by Bert, who would explain that once again, the locker room had refused to wrestle him. But the promoter knew that Bert was such a draw, he had to find an opponent for him. So Bert would give him Joe's number, and Joe would end up being Bert's opponent. Again. A good act swings, and they wrestled each other all over the world, just because Bert liked Joe. God only knows what would happen if he didn't like him. As Joe described it, Bert made you look like a million dollars for three rounds, and then you'd had it. There is also the famous Lou Thez altercation. Lou wrestling in the UK as the NWA International Heavyweight Champion, ski and holiday, all expenses paid, appeared at the Royal Albert Hall and was presented with the much fanfare by joint promotions. He was in the front row? Bert was. He issued a public challenge to perhaps the greatest worker and shooter of all time. Lou would have taken the challenge, of course. He never backed down but he was dissuaded from doing so by joint. He knew any future NWA visits would be on the line if anything went wrong. However, this kind of story sticks in the mind of wrestling fans, even if we never saw them. What fascinates me about the older wrestlers? Because there is so little we know about them. In a world where every major star has a life laid bare, it is possible to still have people who have a reputation that precedes them, but largely they come out of the past. Danny Hodge is another person who has, due to the work of Jim Ross, been given a reputation that's taken on mythical status. Partly, because he was so good an amateur, he wasn't just undefeated as a collegiate wrestler, he never left his feet in four years, that his aura began before he was a pro. Being in the old school era, he performed many an old school promotional trick, breaking plies with one hand, crushing apples with his grip, hospitalising local yahoos who thought wrestling was fake, that sort of thing. Yet finding his matches online is also a chore. Built into the territories of the house show attraction, his reputation is protected by visual ignorance. I miss that greatly. The Territory era, either in the States or in the UK, was built on that premise. Wrestler X is coming from Iowa. Shit's on. We don't really see that anymore, partly because of how the business has become global, and partly because companies like to build their own stars and gain more revenue by developing them from the ground up, including their name. The only ones to try recently are TNA, who made the assumption that everyone would know who the Wolves are because they can access YouTube. It's a shame that they didn't go the whole hog and let them keep their full name, the American Wolves. Seeing it as more of a sonorous connection with the audience, but it does make a refreshing change. While they can't keep some names, it's the reputation they're after, and that comes in spades with the walls. It may be the last time we see it, though. As we all know, myths are a hugely important part of our heritage, and in wrestling even more so. As we move out of the WrestleMania season, the biggest myth-building stage of all, it is interesting to see how those legends will be developed. Will they be talked out in the same manner as Howes, Azarati, and Hodge 40 years from now? Our oral tradition needs some new stars for our sons and daughters to talk about. That's the story of Bert Averati and the story of Billy Howes. Few hard men, which 
the same as Danny Hodge, who says, who built a reputation before the TV era. My name is James Troopany. You can find me at the Sheriff Star. You can find The Troopany Show on Facebook, The Troopany Show. And you can find us on Patreon, The Troopany Show, where you can keep us free forever for everyone. You can follow our sponsors, Indie Empire Magazine. New editions coming out soon. And you can also find us with powerslam.tv and use our code MULLETWATCH to get a free month. Take care and see you soon. Bye. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.